I don't know how many times, honestly, I've looked back where I'm dealing with something crazy hard. And as stupid as this sounds, I honestly have gone here probably like thousands of times where I picture myself on this line in the indoor practice practice facility during the off season. And we've just done like 14 gassers and I can't even breathe. I'm laying down. We have like 60 seconds in between the next one when the whistle blows and I'm laying there at like four seconds in saying there is no way in hell I can get up and run when this whistle blows I'm done I'm quitting but I know if I do one I look like a chump to all my teammates Two, my coaches are gonna be like this guy's not a leader like who's this dude he's he's gifted he's talented but he's just you know he's not mentally tough so all this is playing in my in my mind and we're getting closer and closer it's nine eight, seven, I hear it and the whistle goes and I pop up and I'm running again. I have no idea how my body's doing this, but what that taught me was that we can do way, 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 way more physically than we can mentally typically. Like the average person will always give up mentally before their body will give up on them. Hey guys, welcome back to the Venture Mentality Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob O'Connor. Today joining us, we have Aaron Wagner. Aaron is a former professional football player, investor, Arte Syndicate member, and the founder of Wags Capital. What's up, Aaron? What's up, man? How are you? I'm fantastic. Thanks for connecting with me, man. Absolutely, man. Happy to. Yeah, and to start things off, can you give me a little bit of context about your journey, kind of where you started and build up to where you are now? Yeah, absolutely. I'll give you a brief summary. So um, I grew up in Canada. And I uh, moved around a ton when I was a kid. My parents are like serial entrepreneurs. They, um, they never really exceeded in any of their businesses, but they were great at startup, great ideas people, just kind of lacked in the execution. My mom was just kind of a workhorse, and my dad was the type of guy that as soon as he got one business going, he was excited to get the next one going before the other one was successful. So I learned a lot um, just watching them, five kids in my family, and um, I just... I love sports. When I was a kid, sports was pretty much my life. And I got to a point in high school where I realized like, based on the fact that my parents divorced when I was 15 and they were both broke, I pretty much had no chance of going to college unless I somehow got it paid for. And um, my, my passion was actually basketball, even though I grew up in Canada, I should have played hockey. And, uh, but I just wasn't good enough at basketball. And turns out I was decent enough at football, even though I didn't start playing till like high school. And so anyway, I, uh, I got a football scholarship and ended up coming here to the U.S. and was able to go to college and from there play professional football and start a business and, and create a network and, and now obviously a family that's uh, provided a pretty good life. So that's kind of the gist of it, man. Yeah, and I know there's a lot more there and we'll get into it, but I, I just got to ask, what position do you play in basketball? Because I'm still in high school and we're in the middle of the season right now. It's a big thing for me. Yeah, well, I'd like to say that I was uh, like a three because I was a great shooter. But realistically, because I was one of one of the taller players on the team, they always stuck me in the four spot to just crash the boards and play tough D. And but I, I was always trying to leak out into the corner and shoot the long ball. So <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. There's always that one big man that wants to kind of step out a little bit farther. Yeah, that was me, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I want to talk now about fast forward. You're in college, BYU. You're getting these monthly. You're getting these monthly scholarship checks. And then at the same time, you're are doing real estate, right? I, I hear something about that. Yeah, yeah. So like, 
So when I, uh, so when I came to college, I started at Washington State University and I played as a true freshman, had some success there, ended up transferring to BYU. And um, while I was at BYU, I just realized like, you know, I, I need to have more. I need to do more. I wanted to, I just, I wanted more. I was driving a 1984 50 CC Raz scooter, you know, six bucks would fill it up for the month, which was cool. Oh, man. But I was 245 pounds burnt, like eating like seven to 10,000 calories a day and 400 bucks a month. Wasn't cutting rent, cell phone, gas, and enough food to, to feed my big ass. So for me, um, I just needed to figure out a way to make more money. And, and because I was a, a Canadian citizen and just an international student, I wasn't able to just go get a job after, after um, football practice or after school. I was, I was only allowed to work on campus a certain amount of hours per week. So I took a job on campus at the carpenter shop and I maxed out my hours. But outside of that, I still just, you know, I was, I was hungry, man. <laughs> and, and I want to take a girl on a date here and there too. So I was like, I got to figure something out. So I ended up talking, um, one of my, um, one of my buddy's dads, who was a big football fan into, I, I just said, Hey, call your dad, tell him to fly in from Seattle. We'll get him some free tickets. I'll get him like meet and greet field pass, that kind of thing. If, uh, if, if we can take him out to breakfast before the game. And so he did, he reached out, his dad was stoked. We took him to breakfast and, and I had prepared before that to essentially show him this property that I had identified online that we could buy and rent out to all my teammates and his son. We'd be roomies because he was one of my best friends. And uh, so we pitched it to him that morning. He was like, yeah, it sounds good. Um, you know, we knew we could cover the payment, but I didn't have any credit. I didn't have any money. And so this guy kind of took a gamble and just trusted me and, and kind of bet on me as a jockey and said, yeah, let's, I'll do it. So he co-signed on a loan. He put up the down payment for me and we bought this house. And sure enough, I just filled it up with a bunch of guys that were on my team that I knew were getting a check on the first every month. So I knew they could pay rent and I knew they weren't going to not pay me rent because they were a bunch of offensive guys and I was on the defense. I crushed them. So <laughs> not anyway, but anyway, they, uh, it worked out really good. We started cash flowing the home and obviously I was making more just in cash flow from the rental than I was in, in football. And so I timed it really good. Just got really lucky, ended up selling the house. Um, and I got to split the profits as part of my deal. And so I had a really big chunk of money. I mean, really big for me at the time, more than what my parents had probably made combined in the last, you know, previous three years before that. And so I took that money, I doubled down on real estate. I bought a couple condos and after football practices, you know, with 18 credit hours and then full-time student athlete too, I was just going straight from practice to these properties and, you know, laying carpet myself and hardwood and painting and fixtures and, and I just started fixing these things up and then um, flipping them. And I was making really good money. I mean, I was making way more money than my family had ever made. And, um, and I was still in college, you know, I was doing it part time. And so at that point, I just knew like investing in real estate, this was the ticket, like this was the golden ticket for me. And so I was able to parlay that, um, save some money. And then when I uh, signed with the New York Jets, and met some people that are making a lot of money there, a lot of teammates, and then uh, same thing going up to Canada, playing with a lot of guys that have been in the league and played both the NFL and CFL for a long time. I just created a lot of relationships, and and not just with the players and my teammates, but also um, being a professional athlete, especially in the off season, you just get invited to a lot of events, you know, whether it's charity golf tournaments or galas or whatever. And um, I've always been pretty decent at people 
and communicating and, and relationships. And so I was just able to um, leverage those opportunities to be able to create great relationships where people would trust me and we'd started doing deals. And, and again, looking back, timing was just so crucial, but we started buying a lot of distressed real estate during the crash and everything we we're buying was essentially half plate, half price of a replacement cost. So I thought I was wicked at this and turns out I was just really, really lucky at the time, but, um, but absolutely took advantage of, of it and capitalized on it. And that's kind of what's parlayed me into what my business is today. And that's awesome. And I think that two really big, I think that a really big thing going along with what you're doing with the real estate was your communication skills and your networking. So like what advice would you offer to someone who is looking to go down a path that um, involved that they need to be good at communicating and um, networking even? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like anything, you just got to do it, right? You're going to get better at doing it. And, and especially if you're, if you're afraid of it or if you're, um, you know, timid or uncomfortable, there's just a lot of people like that. And a lot of those people, they look at people that are good communicators and they just think it's natural. And that's just not the case. A lot of people are naturally better communicators, but a lot of people, honestly, they just work their ass off doing it. They were totally uncomfortable. They put themselves in those situations and they just got better at it. And it's like anything, you're going to get better at it, what you practice. And you're going to, is, you know, when you have these successes, you're going to breed confidence. But I would say the biggest thing right now, like, especially for people your age, like, I don't know what your viewership is, if it's a lot of younger people or not. But like one thing I would absolutely tell myself when I was in college would be, and, and people ask me all the time, because you know how it is right now with entrepreneurship, it's, it's the rave, right? It's a buzzword. And people are like, oh, should I go to college or should I just start my business? And I always tell people like, hey, yeah, you should go to college. Like, you don't, you don't have to, and I don't care if you do, but you, if you do, what you need to absolutely focus on is people. Like, don't ask me what major, I don't know. I don't know what your interests are, but I know this. I know if you're gonna go to college, the most important thing over any of your majors, any of your classes, your professors, any of that kind of stuff is going to be your network. And so looking back, one thing that I wish I would have been a lot better at, I would have really, really focused on my classmates and my teammates and the people around me because you're sitting in class right now or earlier today with people that in your community are absolutely going to be the business leaders. Some of these people are going to be national business leaders. Some of these people are going to be incredible politicians. They're going to be, you know, sports figures. And so you have an opportunity right now as peers to go create real um, authentic relationships with these people before they're that. Because what, what people don't understand is that once that person's made it, everybody's trying to get a piece of them. And then it's like you build this barrier and this wall of like, Hey, you know, and you got gatekeepers cause you don't want everybody coming at you. Right. And so, you know, once you're a pro athlete, like everybody wants to be your friend. Right. So at this point you have an opportunity, anybody that's young and going to college, like, yeah, sure. Take your studies seriously. And, and, and with that, I would say also make sure that you're taking classes that just interest you. Who cares what the major is? Like if you're going for an education, become educated. Don't just go to school because most of the school is just like memorize, regurgitate, wipe the whiteboard clean, start again, right? You know, pass your test, do it again. And, and I would say, forget all that. Don't worry about grades. Don't worry about, take stuff that interests you and stuff that you think is going to be applicable and what you want to do after. 
But most importantly, focus on the people, focus on building long lasting and, and valuable relationships with people because there's not much that can replace the friends that I have from college. If we're still close, these are people that I trust beyond almost anybody else in my life because these guys were the OGs. These were the guys that liked me when I was nobody and nothing, you know? So it's really important. Absolutely. And I think like kind of along with what you're saying with meeting people in college, making connections, like through the podcast, like on a smaller scale, I've been able to meet some awesome people and it's opened a lot of doors for me because you never know like who's a going to be your next customer, who's going to be your next resource or who you can help. I think that that's also something to consider whenever you look at it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, it's natural for people to want to look for value for them and to be able to extract that from people. That's cool. The problem is, is that most people, especially young people, they just go through the wrong door. It, like it doesn't work entering through the front door asking, being an asshole. That doesn't work. Like the real way to do this is to go in the front door and give and offer and provide value or go in the back door and just be a friend and build a relationship, whoever that person is, whoever that significant person is that could, could like really give you value. And so it's, it's just really important. Like people need to realize like relationships are investments like anything else. You don't just uh, like automatically have these valuable relationships if you haven't invested anything into them, right? You've got to be able to give and make those deposits and ultimately they'll pay off if you do. I completely agree. And kind of in the same um, tone, I want to talk about what have you learned through playing football? Because, you know, just as you went to college and you got the connections out of that and helped you in terms of business, it kind of all has parallels. So what, what did football teach you? I think there's a lot of really great lessons from sports overall. Football in particular for me was probably three main things. I'll touch a little deeper on these, but probably the first would be leadership. Um, when you're on a team and you're in a leadership position, it's kind of the same in sports as it is in anything, in business, in family, in or any organization. So the natural leadership skills that you learn, and for me, those leadership skills weren't, hey, let's tell this guy what to do and be this master delegator and boss and whatever. Those are all like really valuable skills in leadership. But for me, the biggest takeaway was just leading by example and, um, and learning how powerful that is because if you want the guys behind you or the guys beside you to, to be there and, and putting forth the effort that you are and being as disciplined as you are, you better be doing it. You better be showing it. You better be stepping up and being that example. Um, I think the second thing that I learned was just crazy work ethic in doing hard shit, like just hard. Um, you know, you just mentioned Andy and it's like, this guy talks about hard all the time. It's, it's, a, it's his program, 75 hard. And what it is, is a program to just refine the mental toughness and, and fortitude within yourself, being your best self. And what I've realized is that the people that deal with hard the best in any aspect of their life, whether it's relationship, whether it's school, spirituality, health, business, it doesn't matter. Those people that do hard better than others those are the people winning. Those are the people that are floating to the top because life's hard, every aspect of it. I mean, I, I, like I mentioned, I was on a, a podcast this morning and they were, we were talking a lot about family and about relationships. And it's easy from the outside in to look at my relationship and be like, man, you got good. Like you got seven kids. You've been married for 15 years, the same woman. It's like, look, man, let me just tell you that the truth of it is not one part 
of my relationship over 15 years has been easy. It's not been like fluffy. It's not been lovey-dovey. Like we love each other like crazy. We built something amazing, but it's been hard, like super, super hard. We fight like cats and dogs, which means we still care. And, um, and it's hard. And a lot of people would have given up lots of people like, and so it's a credit not only to, to me, um, learning to do hard stuff and get through that so that it can manifest into something spectacular and special, but also to my wife. I mean, I'm, I'm just so grateful that she's tough as hell too, because I put her through way more shit than she does me, you know? So that's just, that, that, that would be the second thing is, is just that work ethic and being okay with hard because it breeds so much confidence in you. And I don't know how many times, honestly, I've looked back um, where I'm dealing with something crazy hard, whether it's a business thing or a failure or, or something that's just like really, really tough for me. And as stupid as this sounds, I honestly have gone here probably like thousands of times where I picture myself on this line in the indoor practice, practice facility during the off season. And we've just done like 14 gassers and I can't even breathe. Like I literally cannot breathe. I'm laying down. We have like 60 seconds in between the next one when the whistle blows and I'm laying there at like four seconds in saying there is no way in hell I can get up and run when this whistle blows. I'm done. I'm quitting. But I know if I do one, I look like a chump to all my teammates Two, my coaches are going to be like, this guy's not a leader. Like who's this dude? He's, he's gifted. He's talented, but he's just, you know, he's not mentally tough. So all this is playing in my, my mind and we're getting closer and closer. It's nine, eight, seven, I hear it and the whistle goes and I pop up and I'm running again. And I seriously, my legs feel like jello. I can't breathe. I have no idea how my body's doing this. But what that taught me was that we can do way, 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 way more physically than we can mentally typically. Like the average person will always give up mentally before their body will give up on them. And so that, that's something that I've always gone back to, just those silly, stupid little examples where it's like, man, I'm tough. I can do hard stuff. And so this is tough, but I'll get through it. And then I'll look back and be like, eh, no big deal. And that's really how it is. Like people right now are dealing with like bad shit in their life. They're, maybe they're going through divorce. Maybe, you know, you're in school and you don't know what you're going to do and you, you're in a bad relationship. Maybe you're, you just lost your job. Maybe whatever it is, your, your business is failing. Look, when you're in the middle of that, it feels so like all encompassing. It feels like your whole world is deteriorating. It's so hard to understand like what a speck that is in this entire life and in your entire existence. It passes so quickly and you're going to be so much better just getting through it. So one thing that I don't hear a lot of people talk about when they're talking about um, self-development or success or, you know, the type of people that you're interviewing is very few people, they, they like to tell their sob stories and like how they overcame that. And those are cool because they give empathy to people and, and they're inspiring. But very few people talk about how to be really, really good in the shitty parts of life, like how to fail properly. I know that sounds crazy, but it really is a skill. Like these people that are at the top, they've, you've heard them say it, they failed so many times, but they never really give any context to the failures. They just, they're just stepping stones to, Hey, look at me now. Right. I like to tell people like, 
when that stuff's going on, this is going to be the most critical point in your life and self-development to learn and like really refine yourself to be really, really good later. Like this is, those are the times that you have to pay very, very close attention to how you're reacting to all the little stumbling blocks and roadblocks and dead ends. You have to pay attention to how those things, and then you have to react and be your very, very best at those times because that is what's going to set you up. So I always tell people, get good at failing. Like you notice you're going there, get good at it. So, so timing wise, like process it quickly, get through whatever you have to do to get through, you know, the mess that you're in, whether that's ending the relationship, distancing yourself from somebody else, whether it's closing down the business and just moving on and saying, Hey, you know what? I'm not going to cry. I'm just going to get back to creating and I'm going to win and I'm going to get us back on track. Those are all the things that you just have to get really, really good at doing. And the better you are at failing, the better you are, you get at that skill, the quicker you're going to move on to finding your successes. Oh man, that's really great advice. And I think that, you know, the failure you're talking about, I think it goes back to mental toughness. And you mentioned earlier, you know, Andy Frisella is 75 hard. I yeah. think the program's so good because it's almost like a controlled failure where you know that each day you're going to push yourself to a failure and you hold yourself to such a high accountability standard that it's like, okay, if I do fail today, like how am I going to handle and get back up? I think that, as I said before, it just parallels back into everyday life. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I mean, look, the dude crafted this program. It was, it was meticulously thought out and curated and people want to do their own shit. Look, do your own do your own thing. But if you're going to do this program, you do it the right way. You do it exact because he's thought why you should do this. And most people from the onset or the outside, you'd have a really hard time unless you've actually either attempted or completed his program. Even for those like me that have attempted and actually failed. Look, I got it for those days and weeks that I was on it. It was coming. It was like, I get why I'm doing these small things. And, um, and it's a fantastic program. I mean, I've got a lot of friends that have completed it and it's been amazing for them. And, um, but yeah, it's just, it's an example of just building mental toughness. And, and one thing that I know um, is kind of like one of my truths is that everybody in this life, what they're ultimately after is happiness. Like we're all just ultimately after whether that's through a relationship or financially or whatever, but the end goal, the end landing spot is just happiness. And those things can help with happiness, but really the key to happiness is just discipline and self-mastery. So if you can nail those things, you are absolutely going to be happier. And they'll translate to success in every other part of your life, whether it's your fitness, your health, your spirituality, your money, it doesn't matter. I completely agree, man. And I know we're running short on time, so where can people look you up if they want to find out more about you? Um, best place is probably just Instagram at Aaron Wags, A-A-R-O-N-W-A-G-S. And, um, I started a YouTube channel just, uh, about a month ago. So we've, we've got some content pushing out to that as well. And it's Aaron Wagner. And so, yeah, follow, subscribe and interact with me, man. I, I talk and DM with people all the time and, uh, I'd love, I'd love to be able to help. That's a big reason why I'm pushing a lot more content right now and taking these kind of interviews is because, I get hundreds of messages every day of people that want mentorship. They want to go to lunch. They want to pick my brain, all that kind of stuff. I just don't have uh, the time or the bandwidth really to do it, or I don't make that a priority enough, but I do want to give back and I do want to help. And so uh, I'm trying to create this content so that I can do it at scale and, and help those younger kids that, 
you know, are looking for mentorship. I mean, one thing I'll say to you guys, the young, the young generation, like, man, you've got it so good. The amount of amazing free content, mentorship, advice, examples. It's, I mean, YouTube is like, it's like a gold mine, man. I didn't have that shit. When I had to do a book report when I was a kid, it was like, go to the library, Dewey Decibel System, you know, get you an encyclopedia. You guys got it really good and, and you need to take advantage of it because there's great opportunities out there. Definitely, man. I appreciate what you're doing. Um, before we go, I've got one last question, but first a little bit of context for you. So when you die, the only thing that matters, the difference that you made or the impact that you had. So with that being said, what difference or what impact are you looking to make? Um, you know, in terms of a difference, I think it's really uh, the key for me is just changing um, my generational uh, legacy with my children. And my parents did a fantastic job of that. You know, my, my, my mom, she comes from a family where every one of her siblings are either dead. Um, they're drug dealers. They were shot. One of them was a bum. He lived on the street in North Vancouver for 25 years. Um, one of them was, you know, essentially mentally insane. And so she's been able to kind of break the mold. You know, her dad died when she was six years old and she's broken out of this mold and, and created and passed on something very, very different than what she, she had as a kid. And my dad, the same thing. I mean, all his siblings are either dead or, are essentially crazy. And the, the family that he came from having five or six moms, you know, by the time he was 14 years old and moving, never being in a school for more than like three weeks, both my parents, neither of them, I think made it past seventh grade. And the amount of difference from them to me and my siblings, it's like unrecognizable. Right. And so I want to do the same thing for my kids. And so that's the difference I want to do it or make. And it's a, it's a micro level but it's compounding, right? It has a huge compounding effect. And the impact that I want to make um, for me, I just, I just kind of view uh, humanity as, as, a, as a, a place where we can just try to be our best and give as much as we can to others. And it all just kind of comes back around, right? So I, I truly believe that as long as we're not harming, intentionally harming people, sure, we're going to make a bunch of mistakes. We're going to, I call those lessons. But it's, it's kind of, it's definitely a stark contrast from the way most people think. But I truly believe if we're not intentionally harming people, we're just doing our best, trying our best, making mistakes, but growing, then we're living perfect lives. And I want that to be the impact for people is recognize that, hey, if you're doing your best and you're a good person and you're not intentionally harming anyone, like you're living a perfect life, you should be happy and you should pass that on to others.